0: You know the Good, news, thing, every, good news, everybody! You know, I, I found just a slide tell whistle. Th- <laughs> Podcast is officially authorized to use a
1: slide whistle for sonic fun. John, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I, I feel like this happens every year. I have a prescription that, that that runs out, and you need a refill. And it's always like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It's a good time to have that happen. Yeah. So. Then you end up having to call the doctor. Was this inter- is this interesting? Yeah, go 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 go. This is great. Okay, well that that's it. That's it. That's the. You end up having to call the doctor, and and the doctor's not there because the doctor's in Tahiti. Oh. <whistles> yeah. And then what <laughs> happens? It. And then you know you they find another doctor to fill it properly. Well, but that's it's a, it's a, good. It's a, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Or maybe they don't. I can't can't even really remember what happens. I just remember it's a pain. And, you know, it's just like bad timing. 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 Are you allowed to say what type of medicine you're trying to
0: get a hold of here?
1: No. I'm going to keep that between me
0: and my dog. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And your doctor, presumably. Does your doctor know what type of medicine it is? Yeah. Yeah, she does. She knows your doctors in Tahiti though for the th- for Thanksgiving. I have no idea. I haven't called her yet. I'm just anticipating. It's interesting how many letters Thanksgiving and Tahiti have in common. Can you think of another country that a doctor would visit on holiday that contains that pulls from the same letter bank as the holiday they're celebrating in that foreign country? Huh. Tahiti, it's the same letter bank as Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh Turkey now. No, that's sort of a different game. I'm going to celebrate Easter in... Easter Island. Mm, That kind of works, but not really. Anyway, let's start the episode. All right. The name of the podcast is election profit makers and the deal is that we show you how to win and lose money on political outcomes and current events and the deal with that is that my name is kid Midas, the original wave rider and i'm joined on the line by long john silver and what it's all about is we make this podcast for you to listen to and see the thing about that is you gotta use your ears speakers or headphones in order to hear our voices and what's the deal with that well god blessed us with these voices and we're going to use them to proclaim wisdom from the highest mountaintops
1: like moses himself john are you on the line i am well it's me david you look great all the way over there on the west coast you got why do you have a knit hat on it's cold out here in los angeles it's cold yeah so i wear my little cap ow I just hit my head. Oh, okay. All right. It's in the low 40s over here.
0: Yeah. I'm coming back to North Carolina this week and I was looking at the weather and it looks like I need to bring some winter clothing yet again. Mm -hmm. John, speaking of
1: my return to North Carolina, we have an exciting announcement. Do we not? Yes, we do. We're going to be having an election profit makers meetup. At Steel Spring Brewery on South Greensboro Street here in Carborough, North Carolina. It is uh, right across the street from the Open Eye Cafe, if you're familiar with that. You know, kind of next door to a Wendy's. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the one uh, fast food joint that hasn't been closed in Carborough.
0: John is obsessed with how slow the drive-through at that Wendy's is. They're not anymore. They've got every it time out. we drive by that Wendy's,
1: he's like, "That drive-through was unbelievably slow. Get it together. What is their problem?" N- yeah, that's what I say. No, I think they were having pandemic issues for a while, but Steel String is not slow. Did I ever tell you the time I went there, and then I struck up this conversation with this guy who I thought was a. Kentucky fan? Uh, I was with you that night. Oh, were you?
0: Yeah, we were all
1: waiting for our beers, wondering
0: why you were making small talk with a stranger and whether it was the first time in human history you had ever made small talk.
1: Yeah, I think I'd had a few drinks and then I started making, uh, you know, some snide comments about Duke University, which this guy was representing because he was wearing a Duke University K letter jacket. And I had kind of just seen the K and in my mind, I said, Kentucky. And uh, no, he was a Duke guy. But then we decided we were friends because we actually both hate Kentucky.
0: So friends, if you want to join us at this meetup, John will point out the very spot where this historic
1: interaction took place. You don't even need me. I think there's a-, there's a They've already put up a plaque. There actually is a marker already there. Yeah, a star. John, what day and time is this meetup
0: taking place at Steelstring Brewery? Well, it's going to happen next Wednesday, a week after the day before Thanksgiving.
1: That's right. And what date is that? I can't remember. And the date, I don't know. Oh
0: God, hold on, let me look it up. I can't find my little day planner. Where's my little day planner? It's
1: going to be November thirtieth. It's the last day day of November. I'm sorry. It's November 30th, the last day of November. Oh, that's exciting. Steel String Brewery in Carborough, South Greensboro Street, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There you go.
0: Wow, felt like that was like half the podcast episode promoting this meetup. This is going to be a terrific meetup. We can't wait
1: to see everybody. Well, the last one was so hopefully this will be too. Yeah,
0: we'll give a prize to whoever drive whoever travels the greatest distance for this meetup. Yeah, remember last time? Yeah, somebody drove from Ohio, I think. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah that was that really was cool. That was awesome. All right, let's see someone drive from uh, Mars, oh, Minneapolis. Well, John, we took the week off last week because we were both as busy as bees making honey for everyone to lap up and slather all over their nude bodies. But that work is done, and so we've returned to our microphones. A lot has happened since last we spoke, John. Namely, the 2022 midterm elections come into further clarity with distance, as so often happens with historical events. We're about two weeks out from the midterms now. And sure enough, the Democrats held the Senate, and Republicans took the house with a very slim margin
1: yeah it looks like the the republicans maybe the democrats maybe could have held the house if things had gone a little differently in in new york or so
0: in a couple of blue states new york yeah. and california sean patrick maloney all-time greatest representative i rep i rec i nominate sean patrick maloney to the buster hall of fame the- All right. Every article I read about him, talk about someone I haven't thought about in years and years. And now I just like the shot and for this hubris. Where do you read these articles in the New York Times? I just read them on the internet and in newspapers, John. I'm just all over the place. My media diet is so intense. You couldn't even handle it. Yeah. I unpacked a box the other night and I found a huge paperback collection of cryptic crosswords from the Guardian. I'm going to try to get back into cryptic crosswords. All right. Anyway, let's get back to the midterms. Yep. You made a fair amount of money on these damn midterms, and in spite of my euphoria about their results, I mistimed every single trade on Predictit, and I think lost money
1: somehow. Oh man! <laughs>
0: Talk me through what the money you made. You did a I, good job.
1: I, yeah, yeah. I, I had three hundred fifty dollars invested and turned it into just under nine hundred dollars so far. Congratulations! Uh, and I plan to make you know more in Georgia.
0: That's my celebratory uh, slide whistle.
1: I think I might take uh, the five hundred dollars, so of winning, uh, minus the fees and everything, and put it into Georgia and just sort of go all in and see what. Are you going to max out on Warnock winning Georgia? Not max out. Just and then just put like five hundred maybe, and then if I lose it, I'll just walk away. Even, is that kind of boring? Maybe I will max out, or maybe max out at the Georgia will be the closest. Uh, Senate race. How did you make your money?
0: What contracts were you in? Balance of power? Was it that one?
1: God, that's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll like automatically forget. Let me let me just go in It's here and find out.
0: Because I kept trading balance of power. Remember at one point I had a bunch of um, R-House D-Senate, mm-hmm. which turned out to be the winning contract, although it hasn't resolved. It's now at 99 cents. Mm-hmm. I think at one point I sold a bunch of those and went Dem House and Senate just to be crazy. I don't know. All I remember is I mistimed every single trade like to perfection.
1: Yeah. It's all about timing. I mean, I think I was in everything um, by the end. It was like, uh, I I was in Arizona, um, who would win the gubernatorial election, which I hadn't been in before. Right. So I jumped into that one. And I was in uh, D House and D Senate for a while, and that didn't work out. And then R house and D Senate- I mean that's pretty much where I was. Right. Just our house and D Senate, just the balance of power, and then the the I think I jumped into Nevada once that was called, and you know made a little money on that.
0: Well, congratulations on your winnings. Thanks. Feels uh, feels okay.
1: Good to go out on top.
0: Now that we're a little bit further out from the midterms, we can return to our discussion about whether we have Gen Z to thank for these results. I'm seeing conflicting reports of whether the youth saved the senate for the democrats
1: so you said initially that they did correct as did everyone else pretty much
0: except for david shore yeah
1: the new nate
0: silver coachella nate silver as i call him did you see that article in the new york times about how he hosted a crazy party who is this yeah. guy david shore we have... i love this guy. how come every year guy we always best. have to learn about
1: some new nerd He's not a nerd. Look at him. He's cool. He's got all this crazy cool hair and everything.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I think most people. You know who would be a good David Shore
1: in a movie? Who? Aaron Gray. Our friend Aaron from middle school? Yeah. Yeah. I could see him playing a David Shore type. Let's
0: try to, um, yeah, let's try to
1: uh, set up that project. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I I think it's still unclear exactly. If Gen Z carried the midterms for Democrats, you know, they didn't turn out at the same level as they did in 2020, which is a presidential election. So it's apples and orange. And they didn't show out uh, at the same level as they did in 2018, which was like the biggest resistance midterm of all time. Right. That was the first post-Trump election midterm. That's right. So. Can you hold that against them that they didn't show out at that show up at that uh percentage as they had in twenty eighteen? I don't think anybody did You know the fact remains is they still are just a much smaller part of the electorate, so even if they're bringing seventy percent to thirty percent which is, you know, the, the exit polling, which is, has, is starting to be adjusted, seems to, to bear that out. They're still a, a small part of the electorate. Um, so I can't say that you would say that they won in, in Pennsylvania, which didn't end up the Senate race in Pennsylvania was, wasn't even that close uh, in the end. But when, when it comes down to these uh, very close house races and things of that nature, sure, you can, you can make that argument. I'm not trying to put down Gen Z. I'm just saying from a math standpoint.
0: I don't think anyone would accuse you of trying to put down Gen Z. I think you and I are both on the record as loving Gen Z and thinking they're one of the one of the greatest generations. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, you could say that probably Gen Z uh, won the gubernatorial race in Arizona for Hobbes. Uh, that that was close enough.
0: And I know that that race you were personally invested in because you had a very strong aversion to Carrie Lake even bef- before I had even heard of her.
1: Yes, Carrie Lake makes me very nervous. Someone said that Carrie Lake, someone on Twitter, I don't know if be Twitter, you know, it's a thing, mm-hmm. witticisms and jokes. Yeah, uh, That Carrie Lake would be like the perfect president of like a star federation on Star Trek or something. Speaking
0: of nerds, uh, when did David Shore jump on the microphone? My exit polling shows that Carrie Lake is a Klingon president. Yeah. two point
1: six percent reporting. I don't know if she's a Klingon, but she I don't just, know what that means. Yeah. What do you mean she would be? A, I don't know. A she star just, Federation. She has like a racial ambiguity. She just she she's a, she also this just a powerful sort of looking woman. She just seems like she would be a perfect. And then someone else said, "Yeah, you know," or she'd be a great. Uh, assistant da on a law and order series or something she has a tv face yeah
0: absolutely which makes sense because she made her bones in, t- in television and a- she's an actor she's got a classic case of tv face
1: <laughs> yeah 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 so i don't know if we'll be seeing her anymore now um apparently she was at mar-a-lago meeting with um the former guy and uh I guess we'll see what happens there. I don't know if you heard the news about him. He uh, is running again.
0: You're talking about former president Donald J. The J stands for jack off. (laughs) Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Has announced his candidacy for the 2024 president of
1: the USA election. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a... Exciting announce you know, everybody said, Oh, the announcement was so boring and nobody cared and they weren't paying attention and they all wanted to leave and it doesn't seem like his heart is in it. And it to me it was just like, doesn't that isn't that how a lot of his rallies are?
0: Really boring? I think I haven't watched one in quite some time. So let's turn to predict it. We all knew this day was coming, although actually I wasn't sure he was gonna run again. Yeah. I have $250 invested in the market. Who will be the GOP 2024 presidential nominee? I have $250 invested in Donald Trump not being that nominee. Of course, I am currently suffering
1: a loss of some $13.50 in that market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not in that market. I honestly do not know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, the odds of him being the nominee are much better now that he has put his name in the hat, his ring in the He has thrown his hat into the ring of names. Thrown his hat into the ring. Yep. So his odds go up there. Nobody else has put their name in. Uh, people have hinted. It seems that Pence is doing a lot of media now, trying to have it both ways, that he's disappointed with the president. His words uh, his
0: words directing
1: his followers to assassinate me were reckless. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I am proud of the accomplishments that we did together in the administration. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Pence. We don't know what's going to happen with DeSantis. Uh, Rumor is that he'll probably make an announcement in the spring if he does. And it seems like there are tons of other participants that want to maybe run again.
0: You're talking about Ted Cruz or Greg Abbott or one of those fiends? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Mike Pompeo.
0: Oh, my God. Get over here. Oh, you know what? I think I have money that Mike Pompeo. Do I have money that Mike Pompeo is going to be the next president? I know I have some crazy position in Mike Pompeo. Yeah, that would be. I have 100 shares that Mike Pompeo will will be the 2024 Republican presidential nominee. Wow. Those are currently trading at two cents. Oh, boy. Come on, Mike
1: Pompeo. So I've started to read. Pomp and
0: circumstance. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what'd you say? Pomp and circumstance. Oh, pomp and circumstance. Yeah, that's yeah. Pompeo. Okay, sorry. I cut you off.
1: Uh, There is a growing worry on the right that we might have a 2016 issue again where you have this uh, diffusion of candidates spreading the vote around just enough to allow somebody like Donald Trump to eventually become the nominee again. I think the the Trump people were thinking if they announced early that everyone would they might clear the field. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. But now they're saying, okay, fine. If the if the field's not clearing, then we'll take a crowded field if it will spread that vote around. So that's something to worry about. You were really down on this the
0: other night when we were texting. I think at one point you said we're doomed. I'm not quite sure we're doomed, but
1: yeah, I think I, I think know. it's bad. I, I don't. I'm not saying that Trump's going to win. I'm just saying Trump in the public sphere isn't good for anybody. He's just he sets a terrible example, and everybody acts really poorly because of him. <laughs>
0: he does set a terrible example. You're absolutely. I'm, right. seriously. I'm serious. No, That's I a agree. big
1: part of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're right. It, it really is. He sets is. a terrible example, in in multiple uh, along multiple axes. Yes, I would say this. Trump might be good for the news industry, but fella, he's bad news. Is that a cool bumper sticker? Yeah, that is. I'm going to sell those bumper stickers. It's going to be part of my fella line of bumper stickers. Fella? Yeah, because it'll always say, but fella, and then what follows will be some incredible, profound truth bomb. You see what
1: I mean? Uh Uh-huh. You know, um, speaking of news, Twitter is known as the (laughs) news app, where a lot of uh, journalists and um, media types tend to congregate. And a lot of people just seem to get their news from live events and things of that nature. And Elon Musk, who is the current owner of Twitter, has has really been leaning into that and trying to make news himself. And he's he's probably working just by acting kind of Crazy. Dominating the news cycle,
0: as we used to say. Yeah,
1: and trying to bring others into his orbit, uh, you know, by, for example, uh, reinstating Donald Trump's Twitter account this week. Do we want to get into that?
0: Absolutely. I think it's fun to talk about Elon Musk. Um, I think we're one of the few people in America who have the courage to discuss Elon Musk and his many. Activities. Yes. Not only did he reinstate Donald Trump, he also reinstated my favorite Canadian quack psychologist who has <laughs> suffered what might have been a voluntary coma in Eastern Europe. I'm speaking, of course, of Dr. Jordan Peterson. Yes. From whom I get all my life advice. And to quote the great Dr. Jordan Peterson, what did he say about the woke mob? We'll see who cancels Cool. Up yours, woke mob. We'll see who cancels whom. That guy's the biggest bunch of fun. That guy is so amazing. That is amazing, right? He's more fun than playing Pac-Man. Watching his videos is more fun than playing Pac-Man. Yeah, I said it.
1: Okay. So he's back. That's entertaining. You know, Cat Turd is back. A bunch of other sort of right-wing uh, populists are back. And Donald Trump is not back. But I will say you're a genius. Thank I you. said, there is no way that he's going to allow Trump back on. It'll just be too controversial. And yeah, uh-huh. that was dumb. You were like, so, and I know Elon Musk hates controversy. Yeah, well, I just, it just seemed like it would be bad for business. And now I realize nothing matters, that it won't be good, bad for business. That It'll be good for business if, if Trump comes back. And that's why he's trying to entice him to come back because it'll just-
0: So that was your position that Elon Musk would not allow Trump back on Twitter. And what was Kid Midas, the original Waverider's position? Your position was that
1: he would allow him and that Trump would turn him down. And what is the state of play thus far in reality? Thus far, you are a genius. And that appears to be, uh, well, it doesn't appear. That is the case. So
0: Trump has said, I'm going to stay on Truth Social, as per my prediction. Yes. You said at the time when we discussed this a few weeks ago that if that you weren't going to leave Twitter yet. And let's all remember that I have bravely canceled my Twitter account. I am no longer on Twitter. Um, and some say that I'm a hero and I say some might be right when they say I'm a hero, but I am no longer on Twitter, which means that anytime I go on Twitter to look at something, I'm able to see like four tweets before the screen freezes and says, you should sign up. You, you cheap, you free rider. Right. But John is still on Twitter. Right, but John did say he would leave if Trump came back on Twitter, so did John, I say that you did you're probably sweating did I really right say that, that you
1: did you said if Trump comes back, then I'll quit okay well i I gotta say I'm gonna take that back if if Trump comes back, you're gonna stay on twitter i I don't see me leaving Twitter, and I don't think Trump should come back. I don't think uh. I don't like that he's bringing Trump back. I I agree with them canceling Trump. Um, I guess an argument could be made that Trump deserves another chance. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess that argument Everyone could be made. Everyone
0: deserves at least 3 insurrections they can right. foment
1: in their lifetime. <laughs> right. I mean, I think people are really mad they're like, why can't people handle free speech and Trump? I don't quite think it's about that. I kind of no, think it's, it's 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 about just this guy just being sort of dangerous and being, uh, you know, just harassing people and and causing chaos and disinformation and everything. I don't necessarily think it's about free speech.
0: But for the record, even if Trump does return to Twitter, you will not leave. You will stay on Twitter to bravely screen cap and send me Twitter links to keep me – you'll be behind enemy lines, so to speak, keeping me in the loop. I'm
1: not staying because, oh – uh you know, there's a war on Twitter between the right and the left and <laughs> we must resist and, and, and we right. must No, I don't I don't care at all about that. I just You're want not to posting be
0: there. memes in the cyber battle space, is that what you're saying?
1: Well, not not in the political cyber battle space, maybe the football cyber battle oh, space. Oh right. You but, can't leave Twitter because it's
0: where you see all your fucking football facts and statistics. Right. So, Did
1: you know that this is the second biggest deficit
0: UNC has ever come back in post tournament play against a team that has the letter M in its name? Look at this tweet I found about it. That kind yeah. of stuff.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. I get yeah. it. Not going to get that on TikTok.
0: I took a more heroic posture towards the whole affair and said, I will stop. I will cancel my Twitter account just so Elon Musk knows that actions have consequences. Right, right. As my parents taught me. As as a child, I was taught that actions have consequences.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think they do. I don't think it's going to matter. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Newtonian physics undermined very much just now. Is there anything else to say about Donald Trump or Twitter? I think it just feels all super boring and familiar at this point. Yeah. It
1: kind of feels like where we've been since since the summer of 2016 when we started this podcast.
0: Yeah. It's very nostalgic, especially with the recent um, uh, mass shooting in Colorado. Trump's flirting with Twitter again. Yeah, it all just feels like um, we had a couple good weeks there where it felt like we were moving into the future, however, hesitantly. But now it does feel like, yeah, we're right back in the mid 2010s. I remember this vibe, mass shootings and then people arguing about thoughts and prayers on Twitter in regards to the mass shootings. Yeah. Bunch of rich fuckers trying to provoke everybody into fake arguments about free speech. Lord have mercy. Anyway, let's keep moving forward. Okay, all right. The past is dead and the future is yet to be written. So let's uncap our pens and start writing about the future, John. Okay. Give us an ACC football (laughs) update.
1: Yeah, speaking of the future or no future, you know, UNC was sitting at number 13 in the college playoff rankings at nine and one with an outside chance to make it into the four-team playoff. A Heisman contender and a very wounded Georgia Tech team coming into Chapel Hill that has had its head coach fired and is on its third and fourth string quarterback. And UNC, of course, in that scenario is favored by three touchdowns. And UNC went up 17 to nothing in the first half and then was... uh, Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. Say that again.
1: UNC went up 17 to nothing in the first half. And then was outscored twenty-one to nothing in the second half, and the uh, playoff uh, chances are gone. And wait, uh, w- w- really? Yeah, yeah. You oh. can't lose. You can't. We are, we already had one loss to Notre Dame. You can't can't have a second loss there. You wait, this to, means
0: UNC won't be in the ACC tournament of football. No,
1: a- the UNC is still the Coastal Division champions, and will be playing for the ACC. Uh, championship in Charlotte in uh, a couple of weeks against Clemson. Okay, But they will not have a chance to play for a national championship. And they had an outside shot, an unlikely shot before, but that shot is gone. And you figured they would lose that shot by maybe losing next week to rival uh, NC State or maybe losing in the ACC championship game to Clemson, which is a very good team. But instead, they lost to a uh, Georgia Tech team at home. Okay. I see. So it was a terrible loss. I mean, like one of the worst losses in program history, but just some of the things that happen to to Carolina football and don't happen to Carolina basketball. It's just, you know, they are the opposite in that thing. So, Hmm. so, but good news, the UNC field hockey team won the national championship yesterday. Whoa, really? Yeah. Northwestern two to one. Men's or women's? Uh, there's only women's field hockey. Is that true? Yep. That's across
0: college athletics. Men don't have field hockey teams.
1: No, they don't. Huh. So they ended up the season 23 and 0 national Ooh. champions, Ooh. and it is their third national championship in four years, and the the program's tenth national championship all time.
0: And does Marjorie Taylor Greene's daughter play for that no, national championship? She plays.
1: For the UNC softball team. Okay. Okay. Got it. She's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm
0: desperately trying to think of a softball joke about someone lobbing softballs at Marjorie Taylor Green, Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I can do this. Marjorie Taylor Greene's daughter, John, I don't know if you guys know this. Pretend I'm at a comedy club. Hey, you guys remember Marjorie Taylor Green? Of course you do. Anyway, her daughter plays for UNC's uh, women's softball team. I guess she learned a lot about lobbing softballs by watching her mother be interviewed on conservative cable news channel Fox News.
1: It was a little clunky. Yeah, I could probably do better. You didn't need to describe really what Fox News was.
0: Well, sometimes when you're performing political comedy at a comedy club. You can't assume everyone is as plugged in and savvy as you are. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. You guys remember, you guys heard of Marjorie Taylor Greene. You guys know this representative. She's a Republican. She's a little bit out there. Anyway, speaking of being (laughs) in the outfield, her daughter plays on the softball team for UNC. That's the University of North Carolina where my friend John lives. Yeah. Yeah. And her daughter's pretty good at softball. Apparently, it's because her mom, who again is conservative whack job, Marjorie Taylor Green, has a lot of experience with softballs, namely the questioning she receives from conservative cable news outlet Fox News.
1: Good. That was How good. How about that? Yeah, that was good. That was less. Yeah. <laughs> that was smoother, uh, right? Yeah, that was smoother. Okay. Um, and you're still talking about football, right? No, we're done. We're oh, done. Okay, I'm not okay. going to be talking about football anymore. So wait,
0: is UNC done playing football for the year? No,
1: they're going to play state next week. Okay. How are you feeling about that? Mm, yeah, I don't really know how to feel about that anymore. It's, it's, it's just not, it, it has less importance now. Got it. Yeah. Sherwood like to win because last year- Who's Sherwood? Sherwood. <laughs> last year unc Sorry, played man. state Woo. and had a two touchdown lead with two minutes to go and lost the game
0: what is up with unc blowing these leads
1: yeah it's pretty crazy right huh. so i think they'll probably be up to win this game and state is sort of sputtering down the line um no, yeah, whatever Thank you to everyone who sent in screenshots
0: of Satchel making good on his on his bet. Last week, Satchel, who owns um a Domino's pizza franchise down in um Fort Lauderdale, Florida, bet all our listeners five dollars that I bet all our listeners five dollars that I wouldn't play a small sampling of the many voicemail memos he sends me. And we got emails from multiple listeners saying, sure enough, when I called Satchel out on his bet, he um gave me five dollars in fact i think one person sent a screenshot where satchel donated a hundred dollars to a local food bank i mean in what lieu a of the $5.
1: what a guy right who the listener he's a good guy satchel oh heaven forfend i'm not going to encourage that maniac he's tortured by football just like me
0: yeah he always sends me voice memos about the gators and and whatever chicken pot pie his mom made or one yeah I hope he sent you one this week because he had a he had a rough week this he week. Probably did. I can't look at. They. I have a. I have a. A filter that sends all those into a special trash can in my <laughs> email app. I have a question for listeners. This is something that I was thinking about earlier. Um, John and I have a friend named Beckett's dad, and he's obsessed with that Pixie song called "The Monkey Went to Heaven." And you know, in that song, when um it says. If the devil, what's it say? The monkey is five, the devil is six, and God is seven. He really starts screaming about how God is seven. It's like this whole, there's like a little bridge about numbers. Mm -hmm. And Beckett's dad was like, this has got to be one of the best songs ever. It's so exciting when he screams about numbers. And I replied to him and I said, that song is one of the best songs about numbers. And then I started to think about other songs. Like many songs mention numbers. Sure. Right. Like just the two of us. Two, which is a number, is in the title, but the song itself is not really about the number two, right? Right.
1: Too legit to quit?
0: Again, not really about the number two. Right, but it is the number two in the title. Correct, John, but it's not. I'm talking got about it, songs, it. songs that are about numbers. Okay. Jimi Hendrix had a song called If Six Was Nine. And I can't remember if he actually discusses that concept within the song. I think he does. I think he's like, even if to six was nine, I would still think you're so fine. Guitar solo time. You know, Jimi Hendrix is always shredding incredible guitar solos. It put me in, the, it put me on a quest in my mind. What are the famous songs that are about numbers? Not songs that mention numbers, songs that are about numbers. So there's a famous song where a man says, if I could walk 500 miles, I'd walk 500 miles or more to see you on Galway's fabled shores. Now, that song is very famous and it has a famous number in it, the number 500. But again, that song is not really about the number 500. So I ask listeners to send send answers to this query. What are some good songs about numbers i really don't think there are that many and that's very interesting to me because numbers are so interesting and intriguing and mysterious right i
1: think i think they're kind of hard to capture within songs somehow what about uh can i mention one bare naked ladies which one? Seven, eight, nine. is that a song yeah you don't know that song oh no yeah they did like a, ki- a kid's album
0: well, if it's yeah, so that's, so that's that that speaks to one of my prejudices, which is that I bet most songs about numbers are gonna be children's songs. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, listeners, our email address is contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you can think of any songs that are about numbers, I would be very intrigued to put together a playlist. I think that could be like a really fun activity that I could work on as we approach the holiday season. Great anyway, idea. let's move on. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got for uh,
1: listener questions. Uh, Uh, Read this one from Jason. Jason writes in, Dear David and John, love the podcast. Keep it up. David, I'm pretty sure you've seen this article, but just in case I had to send it your way, it's a link to something at Guitar World about Kurt... Cobain. It says in case the link doesn't work for you, it's about Kurt Cobain's Boss DS1 pedal, which just sold for seventy-five thousand dollars. Guitar World speculates it might be the highest-selling price for a pedal in history. I love the DS1 and love Nirvana, but not that much. Jason, thank
0: you for this link. I had heard nothing about this um, recent auction where Kurt Cobain's Orange Boss DS1 distortion pedal sold for $75,000. Can you guess what guitarist held the previous record for highest price of uh, pedal sold at auction?
1: Um, The Edge. No. Uh, (laughs) That um, was great. I'm so
0: into the fact that you know the name of U2's guitarist. Okay. Oh, Uh, that was great. Eddie Van Halen. Oh, good guess, but no. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Great guess. You know, Stevie Ray Vaughan is the guitarist who really, more than anyone, made the Ibanez Tube Screamer famous. And I wonder if one of his Tube Screamers has ever come up for auction, and if so, how much it is sold for. But no, the guitarist who held the previous record for um, most expensive
1: pedals sold at auction is Jimi Hendrix. Hmm. Well, you know, I didn't guess Jimi Hendrix because you had just been talking about Jimi Hendrix.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. So That's I, interesting. I thought it was repetitive. Oh, you were thinking about content
0: and 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 listener fatigue.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You didn't
0: want a listener to be like, Jesus, what is this,
1: election Jimi Hendrix talker yeah, abouters? So, yeah, I, that would have been a guess, but we had already discussed him.
0: Anyway, the DS1, everyone knows this pedal. It's the Orange uh, Boss pedal, and some people say it's probably the best-selling pedal of all time. Many people truly hate its tone. Uh, Kurt Cobain apparently had a couple of them. And the one that sold for $75,000 at auction, he had customized and written on in Sharpie and stuff. Then I went on to read this article, and then I went down a little bit of rabbit hole reading about other Kurt Cobain instruments and and, um, ephemera that is sold at auction. Did you know, John, that the the Martin guitar that Kurt Cobain played on MTV's Nirvana Unplugged, when that sold at auction, it set a new world record for most expensive guitar ever sold at auction. Can you guess how much money that guitar sold for? I I have no idea. Uh 6 million dollars. Wow. It was bought by the guy who runs Rode Microphones. Okay. Which is a European audio company, and apparently the guitar is going to go on tour and he's going to use it to raise funds for music education or something.
1: Yeah. See, I I think that probably makes sense on some level. You spend that much, it makes a lot of news. Right. It's good for your brand. And also, if you're worth a billion dollars, what's six million dollars?
0: So. I'm just glad it wasn't some hedge fund manager who wants to, who wants to, who wants to squirrel away, right? Kurt Cobain's guitar in his little home studio while he records covers of "Smoke on the Water" and then presses like a vanity limited edition CD for his, for his employees. They'll so all, all have to pretend that he's worthy of that of that instrument. You know what I mean? yeah you ever heard of blues bankers john do you know what that concept is no blues banker that's a guy who's a banker but loves playing the blues and so he buys like the highest price best gear in the world oh okay so he's probably got like a a strat from the 60s or whatever and then he's probably got like a Klon centaur like all these legendary pieces of music gear and he's just some idiot fucking hedge fund guy and then on the weekend he like Gets his bros together and they go down into a studio and like they record a demo of like yeah uh,
1: that sounds little fun.
0: wing or something yeah I don't know what's a blue song a traveling down to hell with the devil on my ass I don't really what's yeah. like, like, like a classic blue
1: song
0: devil went down to classic blue song <laughs> 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 the classic blue song by Robert Johnson yeah, devil I, went down to Georgia <laughs> yeah I don't <laughs> oh know. the devil. Has anyone, is a bigger asshole, who, name a bigger asshole who's had more songs written about him than the devil. I don't know. Yeah. That's that a guy's, good point. That guy's coasting on free publicity. The <laughs> devil has really captured everyone's imaginations because everyone from old blue, old, old timey blues musicians to the hottest new heavy metal bands, they'll all write songs about the devil. You know Basil bub or whatever they call him these days Satan I suppose anyway enough yeah. talk about the devil thanks for that article about that high that high priced um DS1 I have a Boss DS1 John I bought it I bought it online I think I got it for $25 and I bought it because apparently it's a very easy pedal to mod but I haven't I haven't gotten into that yet interesting Sasha thank you for your correspondence about rare records and about the fact that you somehow got your hands on a LP by
1: movie director Michelle Gondry this story is very confusing to me
0: Yeah this is this is a this feels like a Michelle Gondry movie Sasha got a copy of an LP of a band that Gondry used to be in Michelle Gondry made the wonderful movie called um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and some other lesser works Sasha you, you had a student I for, t- completely forgot about this in the chaos of the election and in the chaos of our own lives she had a student who drew a logo for, what was it for? The Fish Weird baseball team or something? I'm going to find that and post that on our Patreon.
1: Yeah. JB writes in, with the probable end of Predict It looming on the horizon, I thought I would offer my occasional services to provide some supplementary content to fill any space which may be left unfilled in the podcast without predicted markets to discuss. Wow, what a sentence. That was, right? Woo. So JB writes, I took up bird watching early during the novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, and it is a hobby that has persisted since. I remember very clearly what would be called my spark bird, a term which birdwatchers use to indicate the specific sighting that served as their impetus to delve deeper into observation and study of the avian world. It was March 24th, 2020. I had been working from home for a week at that time, and during a spring hailstorm, a varied thrush took shelter from the weather under the eaves of my front porch. I propose that I will occasionally send updates on rare or interesting birds that I have seen. These will mostly be infrequent and most likely from the Willamette Valley region of Oregon. I also have a little interest in field recording and think I'll try that out soon, too. I may do this whether or not you actually ask me to, unless you ask me to stop. While I will probably not provide content on an especially frequent basis, who knows? Maybe you have some other bird nerds in the listener base. Thank you for your consideration of this new and extremely interesting and compelling segment. Hmm. No? Yeah?
0: This is what I would say to JB. If you get a field recording of a rare bird, send it along to us. Or a bird with an interesting bird call. But don't forget, JB, keep this in mind. Now that I've found my slide whistle, I mean we basically have free bird calls whenever we want them. Like, John, name a bird and I'll do their bird call. Uh the uh Northern Cardinal. See?
1: Yeah, that was good. Sound
0: just like a real bird, right? Yeah. I kind of want to get into bird watching. Okay. It does seem like kind of a fun. Really? Yeah. To see like a rare bird. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. You know how people get all excited and they're like, oh my God, it's the crested thrush from Cincinnati or whatever. And they all, and and they just, they stay up all night just to get a glimpse of it. Can you imagine? Yeah, it seems
1: hard. Rare animals.
0: I don't think I have the patience for it, frankly. Yeah, I I do not. I need immediate gratification of all senses at all times without Mm -hmm. delay. That's my problem. I think I have no impulse control. That's my bird. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you only watch the little one bird, the little blue bird, Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of bird is the Twitter bird? Has anyone said what it is?
1: Mm -mm. No, that's a good question.
0: You think it's just a hybrid of birds? It doesn't represent like... The man who started Twitter's favorite bird from growing up in wherever he grew up, Easter Island, among those huge stone heads or something. Who's the most famous person, John, who was ever born on Easter Island? Has anyone who was born on Easter Island uh, ever appeared on America's Got Talent? That's truly a question for the ages. Hmm. If you know the answer, contact at Election Profit Makers is the way to get in touch with us.
1: So did you know that the bird has a name? What bird? The Twitter bird, its name is Larry T Bird.
0: That sucks. Yeah, Larry Bird. Why doesn't Larry Bird sue the shit out of them?
1: Oh, what kind of bird is on the Twitter logo? It's a mountain bluebird, apparently.
0: Oh, okay, there we go—a real bird. Yeah, cool. There you well, up. I'm sure Elon Musk will find a way to fuck that up as well.
1: No, he's not. Elon's no? gonna. Elon is going to sadly uh is going to succeed.
0: All my fantasies about Twitter shutting down because he fired all the smart people, that's not going to happen.
1: No, I mean we're going to go into this uh, awful period I think for a while and they'll have problems, but he's just the type of guy who comes in and just completely messes everything up and then eventually he'll see right or he'll move out of the way and then it'll 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 get cleaned up. Got him. So, yeah. I think Twitter's going to be fine. Actions do not have consequences for billionaires, as John
0: Kimball says. But I hope everyone has a
1: wonderful Thanksgiving.
0: Okay, moving on. And- <laughs> uh, I guess this episode is coming to an abrupt
1: c- close. Okay. I well, I didn't need it to be abrupt, but I've got to walk the dog. Oh, I see. Yeah, you you, you are getting cats.
0: that. Uh, okay, right. John John is fostering about eleven kittens right now. The yeah. photos he sends are absolutely heart melting slash anxiety provoking. John yes. has his hands full with
1: these. It's cats. Kind of amazing that I haven't been sneezing through this entire episode. Uh, what a mess these cats! I'll tell you, they knock everything over.
0: What do the um, innovators in Silicon Valley say? Move fast and break things.
1: Yeah, that's it. Just like kitty cats. Yep.
0: Well, John, I interrupted you as you were wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, morning. happy
1: Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, be safe out there.
0: Everyone remember what you have to be thankful for, namely the fact that this podcast is still in your life. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week and then we'll see some of you next week at our um, meetup on Wednesday, the last day of November from 6 to 8 p.m. at Steel String Brewery in Carborough, North Carolina. That should be fun. John, why don't you take us out with a high-octane credit Hey, tree. Election Profit
1: Makers <laughs> is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash makers and send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And here is a reminder. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Gator football update: The Gators uh, did not win. Uh, it was terrible. They played terrible, and it was embarrassing uh, to watch. And um, that bet, that five dollar bet, is over. Uh, in the fine print, you see that uh, after the new podcast airs, then that all bets are off. With the last week's episode has an uh, expiration date. Go Gator.